Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Today I've got my good friend Tyler. He's a pastor out in Arizona. And we're talking about when you're building a, a, a new campus or even a church launch. How do you get people all in? How do you move them from sort of interested to invested? It is an incredible conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, how can I serve you today, Tyler? And uh, what's on your mind? And yeah, man, how can I invest in you today? For sure, yeah. So a few questions. Uh, as you know, we're just getting this thing off the ground. It's, we had our first vision night, so we're just beginning that process. So kind of first question is even yeah. from these early meetings, uh, conversations, that kind of thing, what are some things I can do to identify who are real leaders, who are going to be the people that will kind of set culture, take over ministries, that kind of stuff, just from some of those initial meetings? Yeah, no. Yeah, you're la- you guys are launching a campus, and uh, uh, launching a campus can always be really fun. Uh, it's just like launching a church. doesn't matter. So if anybody's listening, you're launching a church, you're launching a campus. Uh, at the end of the day, there's two things you're going to need, uh, resources and people. Uh, you nope. got to have the money and you got to have the people. But the, um, in those early days, you know, I do think that, um, man, when you're launching campus or launching a church, let's just call it launching a church. When you're launching a church, launching campus, whatever in those early days in that, in, the, um, I, I, you know, it, there, to some degree, and I get it, you're looking for warm bodies, just be like, okay, great. You'll do great there. Uh, and I think there are some, uh, some, uh, uh, some realities of that. Uh, but let me step back and say, who gets you here won't get you here. So I think God brings in certain people that can get you here because that's who it is and that's what it needs. And they have the ability to kind of get you to that single A. But don't think they're going to get you to double A, you know, using a baseball term, but they'll get you to single A. Uh, and I think you have to first, you have to come to the realization that some of the, most of these people are not going to be long-term. They will not be your leaders two years from now. Uh, the majority of them, uh, three years from now, they're not going to be the leaders because, um, they just are, they're good for that first 50 yards. Uh, they're not good for the whole race. You know, one, I don't, maybe they're not wired for it Two, They might look at it a short, short term, uh, three, you know, you might need different leaders as time goes on and, and God kind of works that out. And sometimes you got to make those decisions yourself. Um, but in the, in the midst of all of that, um, I think when you're putting together a campus, you don't have that opportunity to have a leadership pipeline and, you know, and, and all of that. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, you're naturally doing leadership pipeline, but what I'm be, moving aside character for a moment, assuming they pass the character test. The, the, the two things that I look for, especially in campus launching or church planning, I look in the room for those that have a history of productivity, they know how to get stuff done, and they have influence. Now, there's a lot more I look for in leadership pipelines, and as it gets organized, your church gets to 500, and you got leadership pipelines, you're developing the next staff, and you can take six months to develop them and a year to mentor them. That's not the case here. You're not, putting, you're not doing an apprenticing program, so you don't have the luxury of that. The two things I look for is influence and productivity. And I think influence is pretty easy to figure out in a launch team. You just look around and realize it's not the person that's the loudest, but it's like, man, whatever that person says, people pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Then I dig a little bit deeper and I'm like, do they produce? Uh, are they pro- productive? Are they fruitful? Like, 
man, their job, what they've done maybe in other churches or our church or the camp or whatever. What have they done? So I think it's a different lens in church planning and a different lens in campus because you don't have the luxury of a year of apprenticing or two years of watching their behavior. You're pretty much looking for two things, those that have natural influence and those that have a history of productivity. Because right now, that's what you're going to need. You got to have those that know how to influence people and those, those people know how to get it done. Yeah, uh, yeah it's helpful too to know that like the person from day one isn't the person for forever. Like my biggest fear is that we get someone in the right seat to start, but then the seat changes, the ministry grows, things develop, and it's not the right seat. So knowing that it's not a forever thing, I think is helpful too, that there'll be chances to change and, yeah. and such as you go. Well, I, I think you need to know that, but I would also encourage you, Tyler, to make sure that to some degree that gets communicated among your team. And that may be you just be straightforward with them and just say, hey, you know, um, yeah, hey, man, as we grow and develop, we might find that we're in the wrong seats or whatever. Uh, we might find that you're better over here or you may feel like, hey, my season's done. I don't know what that's going to look like a year from now. But and here's the three words you've heard me say this before. But team, because remember, language shapes behavior, behavior shapes culture. So what's the language team? We are going to be fast, fluid and flexible. Fast fluid and flexible. That language gives it handlebars, gives it a handle. Like guys, you know, you might need to, Oh man, I need your help over here. We may need to change something last minute. We may need to have you move into a different seat. We may need to have this person move into a different area than that person, but we are going to be as a team, fast, fluid and flexible. That is not a speech that you say once. That's a reminder throughout the course of the next several months that we are going to be fast, fluid and flexible. If they can catch that, then I'm not saying it's going to make it perfect, but it makes it easier when you got to make that a year from now when you're sitting down with someone and saying, hey, I think it'd be better if you move to this seat. I'm going to move this person over here. Remember, we're always fast, fluid, and flexible. If the first time they hear it is the, is the time they're being told to change seats, it's too late. They need to be told yeah. now. So create that culture now that that's the way it is with church planning. That's the way it is with, with the launching a campus. You're fast, fluid, and flexible. You have to be. So, yeah, that's super yeah. helpful. And that really even leads into where I'm headed next in terms of stuff that I'm trying to process. And the second thing is really this, that like, as we begin, how do I set culture like fast food and flexible, all of those kinds of things, even before we launch? So we're five, six months from launching. How can I yeah. begin to set some of the culture now by maybe naming some of those things or whatever that looks like? So that when we launch day one, we already have that culture built into the team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that a couple things. One, I love that that question. Um, I think that you you have to realize cultures, culture and values kind of work together because I think values are the guideline, culture is the the behavior. Culture, by definition, is a set of attitude or behavior. Then values are the guiding principles that help develop that. So remember that riverbanks thing I've always do. The power of the rivers and the riverbanks. Get rid of the riverbanks and all you have is a pond. Value, culture, those things are the riverbanks. So I think you're asking the right question. Secondly, a, a thought real quick too is that value is not um, declared, it's discovered. Uh, you don't just say, this is our value. It's like, no, it isn't because none of you value it. Uh, 
And I think you've got to value some internal things that you are. Um, I think that value will help shape the culture. Hey, guys, these are four or five things that we really value. These are things that are important to us. We're not talking about the Bible is, you know, king of our life and, you know, God's king of our life. The Bible is the center of our life and worship. No, we're talking about, let me give you four or five things that are, that describe this team. You know, um, value number one is that we, we're always fast food and flexible. You know, that's a, that's a cool term. That's a great term. It's like, we got to be that value. Number two is, you know, whatever, whatever it is, man, we do life together and we put each other first, you know, or put the other person first or whatever it is. I would make sure that those values match the culture you're trying to create. But here's the other part, because there's a difference between core values and aspirational values. The Bible is the center of our life. We passionately worship Jesus. You know, we put God first. Those are aspirational values because not everybody on your team does that. That's, that's, that's aspirational. Core values are the things that you are as the leader and thus the team will be. And you can't help not be that. That's core. That's the difference between core. Core values are who you are no matter what. It's like you can't help but be that. Aspirational values are the things you're aspiring to do. Aspirational values are the things you want the church to be. Not that they are. You want them to become. Core values is who you are naturally. So right now with this core group, what's the core values? What are the things that you are no matter what? That needs to be part of the thread. So for me, because they, because I've had this done with me, I've had outside coaches help me with this. My core values are, um, my core values are uh, risk taking is a core value, growth is a core value, being outreach minded is a core value, and get ready for this one: sarcasm and humor is a core value. Now, the reason that's stated as a core value is because if you're part of the leadership team and you can't, and humor and sarcasm is not who you are, and you get easily offended. That's going to be an issue in our team. As funny as that sounds, that's an issue. Who are you no matter what? You cannot not be that. That's just who you are. Everybody's got the who they are no matter what. They just got the way God wired. I don't know what that is. It's like, man, I, our team is always going to put the other person first. Like, you love that. Our team is always going to, you know, focus on growth and expansion and, and, and you know, the lost will come first. I, what, I don't know what it is, but, you know, like mine is growth and risk-taking. That's who I am. And no one's surprised by that. You know, it, it, you know me well enough. If someone came up to you and said, you know, Chris Austin's all about growth. Uh, he likes humor. Uh, he likes to bring out the best in people. Uh, you're not looking at it going, dude, that's not the Chris Hunks and I know. Now, if someone says, you know, he's real political, and you'd be like, Chris, who, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, that's just who he is no matter what. Who are you no matter yeah. what? So mm. identify who kind of you are no matter what and kind of those core values that, boy, if your team is not operating that way, it's going to create friction. Find four or five of those things. That will become the guiding principle to the culture that you develop because culture and values are the river banks, but they work together. Yeah. And that makes sense too, because that builds kind of the culture where some of those leaders we talked about earlier, trying to identify where they thrive. Well, the type of leader is going to be defined by the culture at some level. So that makes sense. Uh, Last kind of big question is this. Um, I know we've talked a lot about kind of strategy and systems and processes, 
I guess my big question is going from people in the community that are sometimes even cold prospects, mm-hmm. how do I move people from interested to invested? I either mm. interested, Hey, sounds like, you know, it's cool there. Or I went to an event or whatever. How do I move them from that to, Hey, we're connected. We're on the launch team. We're going to the church. We're part of leadership team, something along those lines. Okay. So a couple questions from interested to invested. Uh, are you talking about when the church is established or are you talking about right now in launch phase? I'm really thinking right now. I mean, one of the things I struggle with is that we don't have weekly services yet to invite people to. Right. So it feels like somewhat there's a gap where they can't get invested into a weekly service. And so trying to, hey, they're interested. They're maybe even a warm prospect at this point. But what do I move them to mm-hmm. in advance of launch to kind of keep them around before we get going? Yeah. Uh, and when do you guys launch? January. So about six months. Okay. So I think there's, first of all, I think there's two sets of groups. I think there is the interested and the all in group. And you're trying to get people from interested, strongly interested to being all in. And I think there's a difference. So, uh, I don't know what your plan is. Are you having interest meetings? Are you having, I don't know what you're having, but if I come to one of your interest meetings, let's say you've got some Monday night thing and I get invited to it and I'm going to go check out this interest meeting and you're having this dessert night and you're going to give you a little 15 minute speech on the church or whatever. I should be able to declare to you at these interest meetings or whatever meetings you're having, what level I'm at. Am I, Hey, I'm interested. Let me know when the church starts. I'm interested in digging in or I'm interested in digging even deeper and being a part of the launch team. And I think you have to separate the two out. So I just helped the church launch recently. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. They launched their second campus. And I think opening day, they had 227. Their core group got up to over 100. But we separated the two lists out. It was like, who's really all in and who's sort of that, yeah, let me know when you launch. I'll be there opening day kind of people. Uh, so now I'm trying to move people to the all in and I'm a spending time with them. You should spend time with them regularly, monthly, a couple times a month gets closer, you start having pre-services, all that stuff. The people over here, it might be communication, videos, et cetera. Um, you don't want to overwhelm them, but you know, maybe once a month you invite them to another meeting. Hey, we're having a meeting. I know that you're, you said let us know about the grand opening, but if you happen to be interested, come to this. You're trying to get people to move down the engagement funnel, but you got to know where they stand. And if they stand there all in, then they should be – part of everything you're doing. If they're not on the all in, but they're like, Hey dude, I'm, I like, I like it. And maybe, maybe I'll be their grand opening. That sounds great. I would throw out some teasers to try to get them to that all in state. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, covert moves, you know, where it's like, Hey, Hey, Tom and Joanne, you brought Jessica and she seems really interested. How, you know, think about getting her to one of our Meetings coming up in the next month or two. You know, you're yeah. you're really trying to move people over. And like I said, this church went from about four. This campus went from about forty. Their launch was last week, forty. Then we had some interest meetings. We got it up to eighty. We got it over hundred. They launched at two twenty seven. I'll bet Jeez. they'll settle at about one fifty. And dude, that's that's a great number to start. And this Sunday yep. we'll show whether or not they launch there. But separate the all-in from the I'm interested group, and you're trying to move people into an engagement funnel. 
Some of it's going to be inviting them personally. Someone's going to be just keep communicating with them. Sometimes it might be someone on the team. It's small enough that you can kind of, you know, move the move the chess pieces. You got a church of a thousand. You can't move the chess pieces that easy. But right, yeah, you're but you're you're thinking the right way. You're trying to get people yeah. into the all in invested whatever term you want to use. They're all in. You want to get people there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's helpful to know that because I think the goal is we want them all in so that when we launch, we have a solid base to launch from. Obviously, you know, launch Sunday will go down from that and kind of have yep. a real baseline. But we want to have as many people all in as possible. And so it helps uh, separate them in order to connect them. Yeah, 100%. Yep. So separate them out. Make sure that you've got plan, especially when you're launching a campus. Make sure that you're that you're setting up enough regular meetings for your people and then having enough interest meetings. You should have a few of those where it's just, it's a Monday night interest meeting and pretty much we're going to hang out, have some fun desserts, play a couple games at the table, goof off. And you're, you're going to give that 15 minute elevator speech and new people have an opportunity to let you know where they stand. Mm-hmm. And those are really, really important. And I'm telling you, man, the thing that I always sell to church planners and a campus guys launching campuses, either one, cause it's somewhat, ish the same is I always say the bigger the core, the bigger the apple and, you know, get that thing as big as possible because there's nothing worse than a re-grand opening because we didn't get it right the first time. Uh, so launch as big as possible as you can, especially the second week, you know, try to get 200 plus people there first week and then try to say, man, we're 130, 140, no less. And now boom, you're off and going. But, dude, if it's like we launched with 50 and now we have 20, man, that's hard to build from. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you're going to do that, but I've seen guys do that. And, man, that's hard to build from. You're, you're building from a place of, you know, to, it's just very difficult to build from. And, you know, you fast forward, hey, I'm a guest and I'm going to go to this church and they got 20 people. You're thinking, what's going on here? You, know, that you don't want to you want to create critical mass. So. Yeah, and it seems like there's so much that's different about coming into that church of maybe 100, 100 plus in terms of connection and way things operate and that kind of stuff that helps get 100%. people yeah. connected. Yeah, so we, That's super we, solid. Yeah, so that's what I would do, man, but I'm excited, man. Build that team as big as you can. The bigger the core, the mm-hmm. bigger the apple. And uh, and just, man, keep building that thing up. And, you, you know, I'm always here to help in any way I can, but get that thing built up. Keep those two groups separated. You can communicate differently to those two groups, by the way. Uh, you've got two different databases. So think about two different databases, and you have to communicate differently to them. And that'll help you. But, man, I'm excited, dude. I think you're going to do a great job. It's going to be an amazing uh, uh, launch. And, man, I can't wait to see what God does. So, Thanks, man. Cool. I really appreciate it. All right, buddy. Thanks for being on to me. Man, I really do appreciate it, bro. Sounds right. good. See you, man. Bye-bye.